From, from Spartan Stadium to Ford Field, we've got the sports opinions that matter to you. From the Driven Collision Studios, we make friends by accident on the game. 7.30 a.m. 7.30 a.m. The views and positions expressed in this program are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the views and positions of the game 7.30 a.m. Some may find the content of this program controversial or offensive. Time to play the game. Put on your big boy pants and buckle up. This isn't a safe space for weak takes or whining. You can say that this sports radio show is offensive-minded. Call the show at 517-300-4263. Text or call us through the game, 7.30 a.m. Message the game, 7.30 a.m. on Facebook. Guess who's back? Back again. Beanie's back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Here's your host and professional Hellraiser, Beanie Welcome into a Monday night football edition of Offensive Minded with me, Beanie, here on the game, 730 a.m. So glad to have you with us. Dr. J is here. Hello. Are you, are you hyped for a little Monday night football action featuring your gridiron heroes of the Detroit Lions? So hype. Monday night football returns to Ford Field for the first time in five years tonight. Get that bad taste out of our mouths from the last time it was in the Motor City when Sam Darnold debuted for the Jets and hung 50 or so points on <laughs> the Matt Patricia defense first Lions. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. Things have come a long way since then, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, yeah. I want to start with that and just mention, come out and see us 6 o'clock at Buffalo Wild Wings in downtown East Lansing, you know, at the corner of Albert and Charles for nachos and kneecaps. The Lansing Area's very own live and local Detroit Lions tailgate show presented by Momentum Health Center in Mason. We'll be there at 6. Broadcast starts at 6 here on the game, 7.30 a.m. and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. The Lansing Sports Network, you can listen to it there, but come on out in person if you can for giveaways, swag, prizes, awesome and hard-hitting Lions slash NFL talk. Plus, once we wrap up around 7.15... 
you know, there's a game coming up. You should stay for great food and drink. And also, Little Lions administered ass whooping coming tonight. The Lions laying eight and a half points. That is a huge spread in the NFL. We'll get to that all in due time today. But anyway, yeah, look, um, normal Monday on top of that here for this part of the program. Studs and duds, your chance to win a $25 gift certificate to the Nuthouse of Downtown Lansing just by nominating one good and one bad performance from the weekend that was in the sports universe. This is a Monday tradition here on Offensive Minded. You know how it works. Here are all the ways for you to submit your studs and duds. Phone line, 517-342-63. Email the show, beanie at wvfnam.com. Use the free game 730 AM app. Click chat in the main menu to send us a free text message or send us a message or post a comment on Facebook. Search Facebook for the game 730 AM to do that. Do it all show, okay? And then at the end of today's show, we'll uh, take everyone who played studs and duds, put them into a, a online random number generator thing. And one of you randomly selected will win that $25 gift certificate to the Nuthouse of downtown Lansing. All right, cool. That's out there for you all day, too. All right, well, I believe I am contractually obligated to talk about Michigan State football. And no, I don't mean the coaching search. I mean the actual football games that they play. As badly as I don't want to, and as badly as some of you may not want to hear it, we have to at least acknowledge that they got their asses kicked by a pretty mundane Minnesota team, 27-12, to 12, Saturday afternoon. I don't have any hot takes on this. I, I don't know. What, what do you expect me to say? This is about what I expected to happen. I picked Minnesota 20 to 10. Tim picked Michigan State. What? Yeah, his, his motto has been, they can't be that bad. They are that bad. He said that all last year, too. Like, Tim, they can be. <laughs> I get what he, what he means because Tim just has a very low estimation of virtually all of college football. <laughs> he thinks there's probably like two good teams. And you know what? As it pertains to the Big Ten, he's probably right. I'll get to that in a minute. It is god-awful. This might be the worst Big Ten of my lifetime, at least. I'm 35. So, look, um, I don't know. What's the most compelling thing to talk about Michigan State football right now? The coaching search. That's it. Everything else is awful. What do you want me to say? And there are some things I'm sorry I just can't do. I have standards. I can't get into this hype train on Sam Levitt. I can't do it. I can't do it. Do I think they have something to work with there? Yes. He's a true freshman. He looks better out there than certainly the other two guys have all year. But again, look, man, obviously he's the most athletic out of them. You know, he's got some he's got some moves that's, you know, encouraging for whoever the next coach is. That should probably be a priority to keep Sam Levitt. It appears Michigan State has something to work with there going forward. Outside of that, Jordan Hall on defense, he looks like he's going to be a pretty good player if, if he stays and they get an actual coaching staff that knows how to develop someone and not completely ruin a player and never put them in a position to succeed. Yeah. Outside of that, what am I supposed to talk about? What am I supposed to be excited about with the actual football team and football product right now? What is there to talk about? The best case scenario is they beat Indiana on the road and finish three and nine. That's it. They won't. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't pick them to either. Why would I pick them to go on the road? Michigan State has no business beating anyone on the road 
Mm-mm. Anyone, and I mean anyone, like a group of five team, I would not pick them to go on the road and beat. Why would I pick them to go on the road and beat Indiana? And by the way, that's not some endorsement of Indiana. It's an acknowledgement of how bad Michigan State is. Very, very bad. Awful. I don't know what else there is to say. But I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. This is the most low-hanging fruit any fan, any fan base ever does. The quarterback who's not playing or is playing the least must be the best one. The guy who's not getting the reps is clearly the best player. He's our savior. We got to get him out there. No. Guys, man, you never freaking learn. These people never learn. One year ago, the same people who are clamoring for Michigan State to burn Sam Levitt's red shirt when they get massacred in the, in the horseshoe in two weeks. The same people that are calling for that and who think that would make an actual difference to the balance and outcome of this season are the same people who a year ago were convinced Noah Kim was better than Peyton Thorne. How did that turn out? You dumbasses. Michigan State is 2-6. and six. You know what their record would be if Peyton Thorne were here? Worst case, four and four. Probably five and three. It wouldn't have looked a whole lot prettier. There would still be a ton of issues. Yes. But he would have been far and away the best option at quarterback. Despite what you geniuses who are out there clamoring for them to get Sam Levitt hurt against Ohio State and Penn State the rest of the way may think. Are we really going to do this again? Are we going to go through this again? Let me help everyone. The season is over, and it has been since the coach self-destructed. There was no way to salvage this thing. It's over. The Titanic had already taken on two full compartments of water by the time the actual conference play started. It doesn't matter. I just, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't get hype about a true freshman quarterback who has shown a little bit of promise in garbage time against Big Ten opponents' third strings. I can't do it. Okay, he moved the ball against Michigan. He also threw a pick. But he looked good against Minnesota. Yeah, he threw a pick to them too. I'll grant you he's more athletic. And I'll tell, I, I tell you, you know, there's some potential there. They get the right coach, he could be something. And I feel a little bit better about You know, the quarterback prospects of this school, no matter who the coach is next year, if they can keep this kid. Parent to me, you know, Kate Hauser is probably going to be gone. He probably, look, if we can see it, he can see the writing on the wall, right? Mm -hmm. Sam Levitt has more tools than him. He just does. He's got more gifts athletically. It's going to be him if he decides to stay. Oh, but he says he wants to play. He doesn't want a red shirt. You, sometimes you got to make a decision that protects the player from himself. And I'm telling you, first of all, putting him out there this week to start against Nebraska would be borderline coaching malpractice because Nebraska has won five out of six and is actually good now. And even when they weren't at the beginning of the season, their defense was still good. You ain't winning that game. It's probably going to be embarrassing not on the level of the U of M game. It won't be 49 to nothing. And there won't be Hitler on the scoreboard. I hope. Get to that later on. 
But, um, yeah, can't do that to him. And then you certainly can't start him under the lights in the horseshoe in two weeks. That wouldn't just be coaching malpractice. That would be cruel and unusual punishment. You can't do it. Sometimes the adults in the room have to be the adults in the room. And I hope that Harlan Barnett wouldn't put that kid in a bad position, a no-win position, and burn his red shirt because he thinks somehow if they won a, a game or two here at the end, it would save his job or earn him a job with the next regime. Or, and I really hope Harlan Barnett isn't this dumb, but he thinks somehow that would land him the permanent role. (laughs) Absolutely not. You know what, though? With some of the decisions the guy makes, you got to wonder. You just have to wonder. Maybe he is dumb enough to think that's possible. I don't know. But, hey, look, the sooner the actual football is over with for this team this year, the better we'll all be. Let's be real. All we care about is who the next coach is going to be. These games are meaningless. I think they should just keep all of the the good players out so that they don't get hurt. Like, just throw in the third string for the rest of the season and try and protect the good ones. Well, I would take that approach with Sam Levitt, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that with Jordan Hall, but the problem is those... Like, guys like that have already, they can't redshirt. They've already played too much. So you might as well let them play. And it's in a football player's nature to want to play. Yeah. And you can't play to be afraid of getting hurt. I get that, too. I hear that a lot. But it's also kind of stupid to waste Sam Levitt's year. Oh, absolutely. He should not be in there. I've heard people say, that doesn't matter anymore in today's day and age of football. Four-year players aren't a thing anymore. Uh, Yes, they are. Yes, this is Michigan State. I'm sorry. This isn't Georgia, Alabama, or Ohio State where we're lucky to keep these guys for two or three years before they're gone to the NFL. No, no, that, that is not the case here. Getting a little ahead of yourselves there. I don't know. I, I don't know. You Look, I'm not going to do it. I am not getting into this freaking quarterback thing. So stupid. Mm-hmm. Fan base arguing about who should start in four games that they're going to lose, and it wouldn't matter if they win them anyway. I want to put that freshman out there against that. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with this fan base? <laughs> Just pull up the stakes and focus and invest in the coaching search. Or you can do what seemingly the entire fan base did yesterday and treated a basketball exhibition game like the freaking Final Four. <laughs> I won't do that either. I'm sorry. I saw people melting down over that. Guys, it doesn't count. Part of it is on, you know, the Michigan State and Tennessee for making this a public scrimmage. Now, I get why they did it. It was a nice thing, and it's they're j- donating the proceeds to the Maui Relief Fund. That's very nice. That's why they all had on the Hawaiian shirts. Mm-hmm. I get that. That's great. And I'm not saying they shouldn't have made it public, but I'm just saying part of the reason why this fan base <laughs> reacted to a scrimmage loss, again, a scrimmage that had scrimmage rules, which means you can't foul out. And the guy who buried State down the stretch had about 18 fouls <laughs> and would have been gone by like the 10-minute mark of the second half if this were a real game. Like, who cares? It doesn't matter. You got what you wanted out of that. A couple of things. If anything, you should, you should be happy about what happened in that scrimmage. They went back to 2015 
and started out in a 15-plus point hole against a Tennessee team, just like they did in the 2015 tournament against Middle Tennessee State. (laughs) Who could forget? But anyway, you know, they start out in a 17-1 hole. They claw all the way back. They never take the lead, but they, you know, tie it a couple of times. A.J. Hogard hits a deep, dope clutch three. Okay, cool. I know. No one, and this is the thing. This gets me. MSU Twitter was melting down about the foul call on Trey Holloman right after that that wound up letting Tennessee win by hitting one or two at the line. Who cares? Guys, doesn't count. Oh, my goodness. Why do you care? Kansas lost at Illinois last night. Doesn't matter. There's probably a reason they lost. Because the stakes don't feel real. Now, I'll give you this. That was bizarre at Breslin. It was. It was weird. It felt like a March game. It was very weird. The place was packed in October. It felt like a tournament game. It felt like an Elite Eight game. Well, that just tells you how bad the football team is. There you, <laughs> People that's need it. basketball. That's it. That's exactly it. Look, I think if Michigan State football were riding high, that would still be a well-attended scrimmage. Oh, but yeah. I don't think the fan base would be melting down like we just lost in triple overtime in the, of the Elite Eight on a blown call by an official at the end, like they are right now. To a scrimmage! I'm not going to do this. <laughs> I'm not doing this. I'm like you, just like you. I am starved for something good to happen. I really am. I'm, just, I'm feeling it just like you. Here's the difference. I don't care about scrimmages. I don't give a damn. They could have lost by 200 points, and I wouldn't give a damn. You know why? I saw this team when I was in school lose to Grand Valley at Breslin in an exhibition. A year later, the same group of players took this team to a Final Four in Detroit. I don't care about scrimmages. I don't. I don't care about exhibition games. And with Michigan State basketball, frankly, you really shouldn't care about non-conference games. With the way the coach approaches it, and the proof is in the pudding, it works. I just can't believe we're doing this. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, look, man, back to football. Do you realize how bad this is? <laughs> Do you realize how bad it is to go on the road to Minnesota and lose by 15 points? <laughs> it is bad. And this conference is bad. Let me put it into perspective for you, okay? Dr. J, I'm going to rank the top 10 worst scoring offenses in college football, Uh-oh. okay? I'll start at 10, and as we work down to one, we're getting worse. Okay. All right? The 10th worst scoring offense in college football this year. The Purdue Boilermakers, 21.9 points per game. Mm-hmm. The ninth worst, the Northwestern Wildcats mm-hmm. at 21.8 points per game. The eighth worst is Utah, 21.3 points per game. The seventh worst, Minnesota, 21.1 points per game. The sixth worst, Illinois, 20.4 points per game. Are you sensing a trend yet? Yep. The fifth worst, Nebraska, 20.3 points per game. The fourth worst, Arizona State, 19.6 points per game. The third worst, Iowa, 19.5 points per game. The second worst, Indiana, 18.6 points per game. And the absolute worst scoring offense in all of college football, your Michigan State Spartans. (laughs) So eight out of 
10. 18 10. points per game. Yep. Eight of the worst offenses in the entire sport are in the Big Ten. Oh, boy. Do you do you understand that? Like, can, is that sinking in for people? It's tragic. Do you understand that 57% of the god-awful offenses in college football belong to the Big Ten? Or excuse me. That's the wrong way of putting it. 57% of the offenses in the Big Ten are the very worst in the sport. <laughs> That's bad enough. Now, what I'm about to tell you is really going to make you feel bad. But you know what? We need to hear it. We need, we need it to hurt. You need it to hurt. You got to experience the hurt so that the joy feels that much better. <laughs> Listen to this. Not only... Does the Big Ten have eight of the ten worst scoring offenses in college football, including one, two, three, four of the five worst? Michigan State. (sighs) Michigan State has lost to number seven. (laughs) (laughs) Is about to lose to number five. And probably will lose to number two Uh. before it's all said and done. No. That's where we are. That's where we are. By the way, Iowa has officially announced what everyone else in the world knew. That Brian Ferentz is losing his job. Mm -hmm. Iowa announced today, Brian Ferentz, of course, the biggest Nepo baby in the history of Nepo babies. And that's saying something. We've had presidents this country who were not as big a nepo babies as brian ference announced today he will not return to the iowa coaching staff in 2024 this will be his last season with the program iowa's athletic director announced today well if you remember correctly look this is one of the most gimmicky chintzy mickey mouse things i've ever seen in high level athletics before the season they reworked his contract and mandated Iowa must score 25 points per game. They must average 25 points per game and win seven games this year or else Brian Ferentz is terminated. (laughs) We're eight games in and they've already called it because they're averaging (laughs) 19.5 points per game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, at least it's not that bad. I mean, they're actually like playing for something. Iowa, by the way, uh, I'm by this past weekend. They lost 12 to 10 to Minnesota in Kinnick last weekend in a game which they put up two yards of total offense the entire second half. What? Yeah. That's the Big Ten. Oh, and by the way, here's why I think they announced his essential firing today. And I'm not making this up either. It's going to sound made up. I promise this is real. Sit down for this one, Jessica. Iowa and Northwestern play on Saturday mm-hmm. at Wrigley Field. They've done this before. Northwestern plays a game at Wrigley every so often. Okay, so they're bringing in Iowa. Again, to go back to those <laughs> sterling rankings for earlier, Iowa at Northwestern at Wrigley this weekend will feature the ninth and third worst scoring offenses in the entire sport. The total, the over-under for the game has been announced. 29 and a half. The lowest ever over-under in the history of college football over-unders. No. That comes out this morning. A couple hours later, Brian Ferentz is fired. (laughs) Do you think there's not a connection there? Come on. Oh, boy. 
That was even too far for Iowa. They're like, <laughs> look, we know this is bad, but holy bleep. We just got to let you go now. You can finish the season, but you're done. There's no coming back from that. No coming back from that. And you know what's even wilder about it? Iowa's going to finish 10-2. and two. <laughs> They're 6-2 and two with arguably the worst offense this side of Michigan State. Oh, boy. And uh, they're going to finish 10-2. and two. How? Because they play Northwestern, Rutgers, Illinois, and at Nebraska. Actually, worst case scenario, 8-4, and four, but probably, you know, win 9-3 nine, mm-hmm. nine and three with that offense. Unbelievable. Terrible. And Michigan State couldn't beat them with them trying to let you win. Yeah. It hurts. And people are trying to get me to care about a freshman quarterback playing these four completely superfluous games. Are you freaking kidding me? No. I need a break before I have a heart attack. It's offensive-minded. I'm Beanie. This is the Game 730 AM. There's only one station in Lansing that you've depended on for sports for over 30 years. Some call us by our government-given name of WVFN East Lansing. You can call us by the name the people of Lansing know us by, and that name is The Game. 730 AM. Start your weekday morning with the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout. Middays with Mike Greenberg. Offensive-minded with Beanie Howell. And The Huge Show with Bill Simonson. We're a four. Force to be reckoned with. We're Lansing's only sports station. The game, 730 AM. Place your hand on your heart. Measure the beats. One, two, three, four, five. That's how long it takes to protect your child's life. Five heartbeats. That's how long it takes to learn about the dangers of pesticides that could be found in your child's classroom. Asthma, lower IQ scores, and cancer have all been linked to prolonged exposure to these toxins. But if you knew there were toxin-free alternatives to pesticides, if you knew you had a voice regarding their use, if you knew you could take action that would make your child's classroom safe today, wouldn't you do something? In a heartbeat. Log on to earthshare.org today and find out how you can help. A public service message brought to you by Earthshare and the Ad Council. Back to a discussion you may not be ready to have. He's not afraid to pop the lid on subjects the other guys are. With Offensive Minded on The Game, 7.30 a.m. Don't forget, come out and see us for a live rendition of Nachos and Kneecaps. The Lansing area's very own Detroit Lions tailgate show live from Buffalo Wild Wings in downtown East Lansing at the corner of Albert and Charles starting at 6 o'clock tonight. Come out for prizes, giveaways, swag, and, of course, hard-hitting Lions and NFL talk, plus great food and drink. Then stay for the game, and you might just get yourself some Sin City-flavored kneecaps courtesy of your gridiron heroes, all right? Come out and see us. We'll be there at 6 o'clock. If you can't make it, no problem. Tune in. Here on the game, 7.30 a.m. or Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ, all part of the Lansing Sports Network. At 6 o'clock, we go to about 7.10, 7.15, all right? Yes, I've been asked a dozen times at least. Will Dr. J be there? Yes, she will. Dr. J, any truth to the rumor that you will be wearing your sexy police officer costume? Uh, no, there is no truth to that. Okay, when you say there's no truth to that, does it mean like there's no truth like 
there's no truth to it like it's not happening or there's no truth to it like there's no truth to Urban Meyer when he says, I'm not coaching again. It means like it's not happening. My costume is a sexy vampire, not a sexy police woman. Oh, okay. Even better. <laughs> uh, it is studs and duds here on the show too. You know how that goes. So let's go out to the phone lines for Joe and Lansing. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on? So uh, basically, like, I'm looking at the points per game for the FBS, and Michigan State is smothered down at 129 out of 133. Yes, but if you do it on, if you go by average, they're the worst. They score the least amount per game. And not to mention that there's other Big Ten teams that are in that category, too, that are really... uh, non-scoring now uh, did you just did you hear us we just went through it like what was that 10 minutes ago dr j yep the big no, 10 had how many guess. eight of 10 wasn't that it dr j eight out of 10 the big 10 had yeah. okay eight out of 10 of the worst scoring offenses in college football this year are in the big 10 including four of the five worst yeah yeah and that, that's that yeah that's that's sickening because you know i mean we just we signed the big contract with nbc and um you know Big Ten football is supposed to be smash mouth on this when that low scoring, but I mean, come on, dude, just really give me a break, man. That many teams and they they can't score points, and and it's it's just a it's a it's, they're 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 wild and they're all buck is what the Big Ten is, and and I can't understand how these 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 you know they get sponsored by or they get these big contracts by NBC and stuff like that, and they you know they they fare well but they're not the cream of the crop well but it's not about that right it the reason why they're so valuable is because they have yeah yes they own eight of the 10 worst offenses in the game but they also uh, the collective big 10 are 14 of the most valuable brands in college football they're 14 of the oldest brands they're 14 of the most recognizable brands and you know that matters more to bottom lines than scoring offenses, actually. Yeah, um, well, but you're right. Like, you know, dude, have you ever seen a worse collection of Big Ten teams? I don't think I have. This is god awful. It's it's bad. It's really it's you know it's 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 like uh, uh, I I don't think it has it even actually happened before that it's been like that with the with as many teams in that you know nine teams in that as far down as that for a conference. I don't know that, but I, I would I would bet you're right. They started keeping track track of it. I don't know how long they keep track of that stuff. So, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's you know pretty bad. So look at the five um, games the Big Ten played this weekend, and you tell me which one was appealing to anyone who didn't have an uh, you know, inherent interest in watching the game like a fan of either school. Ohio State at Wisconsin, okay, maybe, because, you know, it was at night, and okay, Wisconsin at least has a winning record. We know Ohio State's number three. Indiana at Penn State, don't care. Maryland at Northwestern, definitely don't care. Certainly no one, no one would choose to watch Michigan State and Minnesota set this game back 100 years. And then Purdue at Nebraska might have been even worse like it's unbelievable to think about how bad the product is, and yet, as you say, it's still the most coveted and, and profitable in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, pretty mind-boggling. So, um, and uh, as far as like the Lions, um, you know, come out strong. Uh, 
uh, did, did the line? What, what is it? I mean, I mean, I just do a quick. What does the line start out at? Were they say like seven or eighty? I'll, I'll look it up. I don't remember off the top of my head. But before the show started, it was up to eight and a half at some books already. It opened at four and a half, but that was over the summertime, I think. Like an early okay. look-ahead line. Now I'm seeing, oh, it's been bet down since the show started. It's down to seven or seven and a half at most books. Okay. Because Garoppolo's playing, that could play into it a little bit. Um, I think so, but also it has something to do with, um, like, the the... The money, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, studs and duds. I'll go with uh, Kansas Jayhawks. And uh, in football, uh, you mean? Correct, correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'll go with uh, what's going on with Colorado. <laughs> I mean, duds. okay. Well, oh, what's going on sorry. is they're playing teams with a pulse now, and it's not going well. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it, man. You're in the drawing. Uh, 517-342-63. Our friend Aaron from Olivet University. Hey, Aaron, how you doing? I'm doing all right. You got studs and duds for us? Uh, yes, I do. Go ahead. So, my stud will be the Detroit Pistons for their great weekend. And then... My dud is, of course, the Big Ten for being so bad at offense, and I don't know how to fix that. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. Maybe bringing USC in and UCLA and Oregon and Washington will help. Maybe that'll be a rising tide that lifts all boats. I don't think it'll help enough, but it might help some. Yeah, I mean, it can't hurt. They're all better offensively than, you know, the eight of the ten and the bottom ten right now. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else for us, man? And I'd just like to add that I agree with you on the Sam Levitt subject. Um, at this point in this season, it's not worth throwing him out there because if he plans on transferring at the end of the year, you don't want him getting hurt and killing his stock for the teams that are taking a look at him and wanting him. All right, man. Thanks for the call, and you're in the drawing. Appreciate it, Aaron. Aaron in Olivet University. Good to hear from you. Aaron is taking the the uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? The benevolent approach. Yeah, something a word like that. Mm-hmm. I'm being selfish. Aaron's like, well, you don't want him to get hurt in case he wants to play at a different school next year. I'm like, well, to hell with that. I don't want him to get hurt because I want him here at my school next year. Right. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Aaron. You're in the drawing too. Um, let me see here. Um, I've, okay, so this is, this is interesting to me. Public betting numbers on tonight's game, Raiders at Lions. 81% of the tickets are on Detroit and 93% of the money on the Lions. I, I hate that. I hate that. I don't like that the entire world is on the Lions to cover. Also, that's reverse line movement. That's interesting to me. The, okay, so everyone and their brother is on the Lions, but the line has shrunk and gone the Raiders' way. Why? That's reverse line movement. Something is fishy about that. Now, I'm not saying be worried that the Lions are going to lose. No. I'm saying uh, there's a ton of incentive to wager on Las Vegas covering from the fact that 
if you especially if you got in at eight, eight is a huge number. It was eight and a half at the end of last week. That's crazy. Let's take one last break. We'll come back and wrap up hour number one. It's Defensive Minded. I'm Beanie. This is the game, 730 AM. It's the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show on the Lansing Sports Network, the Big Talker, 1240 WJIM, and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ, a tradition in Lansing for over 20 years. With your hosts, the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell, powered by White Law PLLC, Doubting Industries, Chupan and Sons Recycling Industrial Services, Gravity Smokehouse, and Chandler's Top Shelf. This is the White Law PLLC Hellgate Show. Hey, Billy. Yeah? Do you want to go to the state fair? Yeah. Do you want to ride the roller coaster? Yeah. The big one? Yeah. The one with the reverse flip? <gasps> yeah! Well, you can't. Huh? You see, Billy, when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have done with it, including going to the state fair. Oh, man. Cheer up. This year, your parents will make it right. They're going to visit energysavers.gov where they'll get tips on how to save energy and money. Then they'll add extra insulation and get a few of those Energy Star appliances. They could save hundreds of dollars a year. And you know what, Billy? What? They'll take you to the state fair (gasps) next year. But I want to go this year. I know you do, Billy. I know you do. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Warning. Listening to the game 7.30 a.m. may cause excessive cheering. Yeah! We're the game. 7.30 a.m. Okay, we're back. Friendly reminder. Come out and see us. 6 o'clock tonight. For a live edition of Nachos and Kneecaps, the Lansing area's very own Detroit Lions tailgate show, presented by Momentum House Center in Mason, live at Buffalo Wild Wings in downtown East Lansing from 6 to 7.15 or so tonight. Come out for prizes, giveaways, swag, awesome Lions talk. We'll talk NFL trade deadline, other NFL news and notes. Plus, of course, great food and drink to be had and a... MCDC administered ass whooping of the Las Vegas Raiders coming up tonight. You can catch it all at Buffalo Wild Wings in downtown East Lansing. Come out and see us. We'd love to see you there tonight, okay? If you can't make it, you can listen to it here on the game, 7.30 a.m. and our sister station on the Lansing Sports Network, Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ, 6 o'clock, all right? Be sure to tune in and catch that on the app and everything else. You know how to do that. Studs and duds here on the program today. I have a couple to read here. Here's one from, let's go with the mayor of Holt, John Freeberg. He's first up. He says, stud, Kansas football, dud, Michigan State football. Kansas football upsetting Oklahoma, 38-33. That Lance Leipold, man. So um, I wonder what people around here think of him. Because he's 59, but he has, he's done some, some heavy lifting at Kansas football. Also, John says, should the Lions trade for anyone before the trade deadline? Well, they should. Will they? I don't know. But they obviously, they, they need some defensive line help to get pressure opposite Aiden Hutchinson. And there are a ton of names available. 
I'll talk about that on Lions, uh, on our Lions tailgate show, Nachos and Kneecaps. Stay tuned, starting at 6 o'clock. Or come see us again in Buffalo Wild Wings, downtown East Lansing. We'll talk about it. But, yes, there are some names out there. I'm not optimistic about the Lions making a trade, just FYI. But that's just my take. What do I know? Here's another one in the free game, 7.30 a.m. app from Joaquin's Beard in East Lansing. He says, Dud, a guy's name who sounds like that of a porn star, Connor Stallions. <laughs> <laughs> there have undoubtedly been some restless, sleepless nights inside Connor's corn and blue race car bed. Stud Tyson Walker, who hit four of eight three-point shots and scored 22 points in Sunday's exhibition loss to Tennessee. Walker's shooting touch makes him the closest thing MSU has to Cassius Winston. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's got a, a sweet stroke. There's no denying it. He's probably one of the best shooters in the country, but he doesn't create for himself nearly on the level Cassius does or distribute. But that's okay. He doesn't have to. They're going to have one of, if not the best, backcourts in the country. But I am not doing this. I am not talking seriously about basketball after an October 29th exhibition loss. You won't get me to do it. <laughs> I know things are bad around here, but damn it, I have standards. <laughs> I won't do it. I will talk about what I think is the number one story. Dr. J, you know what that is. What would that be? The number one story for Michigan State? Mm -hmm. Certainly for us, the MSU coaching search. Ah. All right, so look, where we left it on Friday, uh, Dr. J was just relentless and leaned on me until I spilled what I've heard about the Urban Meyer situation. I don't have anything really new to add from that. If you missed that, just check out the podcast from Friday because I'm not going to repeat it. The long and short of it is, if Urban Meyer wants to be Michigan State's next football coach, he will be. You can catch it all in the recap. Just search for Offensive Minded wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, whatever. We podcast each show in their entirety, and they're usually available, what, like 10 minutes after we go off the air. My whole Urban Meyer uh, info or dossier, if you want to call it that, oral dossier is available in the podcast of Friday's show. But the long and short of it is Michigan State has, I'm told by two very well-placed and incredibly credible sources, that Michigan State has met every, I don't want to say requirement because these weren't demands, but they've met essentially every re request Urban Meyer has made over the course of the last two weeks when they've had serious discussions, okay? The ball, I'm told, is in his court, and he just has to decide, does he want to come back to coaching seriously? And if he does, does he want to do it at Michigan State? Because I'm told they have rolled out every possible resource to make this happen. And not just the big money donors. The school is, is in line with this as well. Administration, I mean. I don't have anything new. What I can tell you, and this matters to me, maybe it doesn't to you, Jim Comperoni, who's maybe been covering Michigan State more and for more years than anyone else aside from Tim in this market, I think, and an incredibly plugged-in guy, super smart guy, knows football and definitely has awesome sources. Jim Comperoni is saying today on Spartan Mag and on one of their message boards, remember Jim is always incredibly picky about his percentage odds of things happening. So he was at like 3% for Urban Meyer to Michigan State for a good week or two. He moved it up to, I think, 15% early last week. And then he moved it back down to five or less. 
today, Jim Comperoni, now I shouldn't say that, most recently, the last time I checked on Spartan Mag's underground bunker message board today, Comp had moved that percentage up, and I believe this is significant, especially for Comp, but he moved it up to 30%. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, I don't want to speak for Comp, but again, I believe Jim Comperoni is incredibly conservative when he's putting these numbers out there. His 30%, I think, is more akin to a more mainstream 50%. That's my interpretation. I don't mean to put words in Jim's mouth. You can read it for yourself on Spartan Mag. Check out his website. Everybody knows that, spartanmag.com. But, yeah, he's up to 30% today, which I think is significant. So there's more smoke out there. There, was, there were more developments over the weekend. I don't have any information on it. That's all I've been told. Okay? I can't verify anything. But I'm just, I'm telling you, obviously, that's who I want because I think that would be the biggest move they could make. He would be the best get they could make, make the biggest, most immediate splash. I don't think it's close. So, yeah, um, I, I just don't think anyone should put all their eggs in that basket, though. Because you never should. You should always have contingencies in place. Easy for me to say to a fan base that is starved for something good. <laughs> but while we're doing it, you know, Dr. J has not been incredibly complimentary of, of my branding skills. So the whole Michigan scandal I'm calling Steel Team Six. You know, stolen signs, legal scouting, and this Connor Stallions guy was in the Navy. Steel Team Six. It's actually growing on me. Okay. Well, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> it's certainly better than what you've offered. Hail to the cheaters. Come on. That is so... Whatever. That's... It's not my job. It's creatively weak. It's not my job. Well, I've got a name for the Urban Meyer thing at Michigan State, and I think the best way for me to present it to you would be in the form of looking into the future for the 30 for 30 they'll make after Urban Meyer comes to Michigan State as head coach and restores the Spartans to their former glory. And it will sound something like this. What if I told you it could happen? What if I told you one of college football's greatest coaches of all time who's been out of the game for five years wanted to return? What if I told you that same coach wanted to return to college football coaching at the abject dumpster fire train wreck hybrid that is Michigan State? ESPN presents Urban Renewal. How Urban Meyer saved the entire MSU fan base from terminal football depression. A 30 for 30 film brought to you by Matt MSU Daddy Warbucks Ishbia and Michigan State Twitter. <laughs> what do you think? I like it. Yeah, we're on to something. It's offensive minded. I'm Beanie. This is the game, 7.30 a.m. Urban, come home. WWVFN East Lansing, a town square media station. The game, 7.30 a.m. Lansing's only sports station. The game, 7.30 a.m. studio is powered by Driven Collision. We make friends by accident. There's a long history of radio superstars that have come and gone in the Lansing area sports radio, daddy. 
legendary names like Mike Peplowski, David the Mad Dog, DeMarco, Brock Palmbush, and Timmy Stout. But only one man has the intelligence, the intestinal fortitude, a girthy medulla oblongata, if you will. That man is Beanie Howell, daddy. Beanie Howell, you've been to the top of the mountain. You've wined and dined with kings and queens, and you've dined in the second best production studio in the building on protein shakes and poking beans. But let there be no mistake, only one man will rise and step to the microphone to become world champion of Lansing Area Sports Talk Radio. And that man is Benny Howell, daddy. Put your hands on the radio, ladies and gentlemen, and help me welcome him now to the airwaves. Hard times! Hard times! You don't know what hard times are, daddy! Don't forget, come see us at Buffalo Wild Wings tonight, 6 o'clock in downtown East Lansing at the corner of Albert and Charles for a live rendition of Nachos and Kneecaps, the Lansing area's very own live and local Detroit Lions tailgate show brought to you by Momentum Health Center in Mason, mymomentumhealth.com. Come out and see me, Brock Palmbush, Steve the DeWitt Dream Golf, and of course, Dr. J and all of her chesticular beauty <laughs> all right cool we'll be there broadcast starts at six we'll go to about seven ten, and you can hear it here on the game 7 30 a.m and our sister station on the lansing sports network classic rock 94.9 mmq so if you can't make it out we'll forgive you as long as you tune in and of course you can get it in that free game 7 30 a.m app as well okay but yeah come on out if you can buffalo wild wings at the corner of charles and albert in downtown el Starting at 6 o'clock, there'll be stuff given away, all sorts of swag, and of course, hard-hitting and hardcore Lions and NFL talk. Come for all that and for great food and drink, and then stay for that gambling-flavored Sin City-style kneecaps. <laughs> devil's, a Devil's Night delicacy brought to you by Dan Campbell and the 2023 Detroit Bleeping Lions. All right, hope to see you there. And uh, further housekeeping here, of course, it is still a Studs and Duds Monday here on Offensive Minded. So you can keep submitting those to us, nominate one good and one bad performance from the weekend that was in the sports universe. Everyone who does is entered into a random drawing we'll conduct at the end of the program today. One of you walks away with a $25 gift certificate to the Nuthouse in downtown Lansing. Here are all the ways. Phone line 517-300-4263. Email us. It's beanie at wvfnam.com. You can use Facebook. Send us a message or comment there. Just search Facebook for the game 7.30 a.m. to do that. Or use the free game 7.30 a.m. app. Click chat in the main menu. That'll send over a free text message to us. And that's another way to get into the studs and duds drawing. Or to weigh in on any of the stuff we're talking about or share your hot takes. Anything like that. All right, um, I wanted to shift gears and put a pin in the Michigan State stuff, all the different Michigan State stuff we've already talked today. I'm going to shift gears, but that doesn't mean that's not still fair game for you if you want to weigh in. By all means, be my guest. 
Okay, shifting gears. We got to talk about the number one story in the college sports world, and it continues to be, of course, something I call Steel Team Six. Dr. J hates that, Mm -hmm. but I've yet to hear a better suggestion. So that's what we're rolling with until you can outdo it. Hail to the cheaters. That's Mm. That's the one I'm going with. I would like hail to the victims better. Ooh. Because that's the way it's being portrayed. As like Michigan is the aggrieved party here. <laughs> Get caught red-handed in the biggest cheating scandal this side of, I don't know, UNLV basketball. And they're somehow the ones that are being wronged. But anyway, here's the latest on that. So if you, in case you missed it, last night the Wall Street Journal published a, I don't know if this is a bombshell like the other stuff from ESPN about the scandal last week. Because this is just sort of adjacent, but certainly, you know, related. Headline, Michigan rescinded contract offer offer to Jim Harbaugh after sign-stealing allegations. Their subhead here on the WSJ.com says, a deal was on the table to make the 59-year-old the Big Ten's highest-paid coach until allegations of wrongdoing in the football program scuttled talks. Let me read you a little bit, okay? The University of Michigan has rescinded a new contract offer for head football coach Jim Harbaugh in the wake of a sign-stealing scandal that has rocked one of the favorites to play for college football's national championship, according to a a person familiar with the matter. The move is the first sign that the school may be hesitant about its future relationship with the famed coach who revived its football program and is frequently cited as a candidate for jobs in the NFL. Harbaugh's pay had been cut during the pandemic, but he was given a new contract just last year after bringing the team back to national prominence. The Wolverines' title chase this year put him in line for another raise. Michigan recently had an offer that would have made Harbaugh the highest-paid coach in the Big Ten before the school pulled it once the sign-stealing allegations rocked the school. A spokesperson for the athletic department said the school, athletic department, and personnel which would include Harbaugh, don't comment on employment contracts until they are completed and fully executed. The NCAA is investigating whether Michigan executed a scheme to illegally steal opponents' play-calling signs. On October 20th, Michigan suspended football recruiting analyst Connor Stallions after a report that the NCAA was investigating Michigan for allegedly violating rules that banned teams from in-person scouting of future opponents. The university's pullback from contract negotiations cast doubt on Harbaugh's future at Michigan, even as he has led the Wolverines to an 8-0 record, a number two ranking, and favorite status at sportsbooks to win a national title. Okay, um, so where to start with this? Well, I guess my official reaction to this Wall Street Journal story from last night, again, basically just saying Michigan... You know, well, let's let's recap first, because about three weeks ago, the news started trickling out that Michigan and Harbaugh were working on a new deal. They were close. And then several unnamed sources were quoted in the media as saying they were going to get the job done by the end of October. And then, you know, what, almost two weeks ago, this scandal went public and derailed it. So my official reaction to the Wall Street Journal saying Michigan has tabled the new contract offer to Jim Harbaugh goes something like this. Could you put that in a memo and entitle it? I already know. Of course they did. 
Of course they did. The reason the whole contract thing hadn't been done before now anyway is because of the prior NCAA matter that they're still dealing with about recruiting violations during the COVID dead period and Harbaugh's, Harbaugh's own personal level one investigation, right? That's no surprise to me. I don't think it should come as any surprise to anyone. Before we go any further, let me play you some sound. Here's, here's Jim talking about it. This is Harbaugh talking about this today at his weekly press conference just a few hours ago, and he's asked point blank. The Wall Street Journal reported that Michigan has pulled its offer of a new contract to you. Is that accurate? Here's Harbaugh's response. I wouldn't say that's accurate, no. Um, and the university has a policy. I think they made a statement, right, Dave? Or yes. How the policy on contracts and publicly talking about them. I think it was worded something like um, they don't comment about them until after they're done. So Jim evading the question to some degree, but he did start off by saying, I wouldn't say that's accurate. Here's more. Take a listen to this question and Harbaugh's response. Jim, how do you think these allegations and investigations can possibly affect your legacy and uh, at, at Michigan as, as a coach? <clears throat> team, is, uh, team is refreshed. I'm refreshed. Um, opportunity to um, spend time with the families. After a pretty good week of practice uh, last week, got some things done. And, uh, you know, we're just, we're in an onward, onward mode. So, I mean, to answer your question specifically, um, it's a one-track mind. Um, that I'm, uh, I'm modeling, and I, and I see it throughout the, uh, throughout the program. Right. Yeah, always encouraging when the head coach is sidestepping like that. Anyway, so Harbaugh's official position is there's no truth to the news about the contract being rescinded. I think that's semantics, based on what I've been told by a couple of people in the know down there, that... The spirit of what the Wash, uh, Washington Post, <clears throat> the spirit of what the Wall Street Journal reported, is true. It's just you could quibble over whether they should say rescinded or not. I did see ESPN's Tom Van Heron reported that Harbaugh had been instructed not to sign the extension. So that's interesting. Do the math on that. Who would instruct Harbaugh not to sign the extension? Well, I don't think it'd be the school. It'd probably be his representation, right? Mm -hmm. So um, why? Why would that be? I don't know. I don't have the answer. I don't have some anonymous source or someone off the record telling me I'm on background. So it's just speculation on my part. The best I can come up with at this point is why would Harbaugh's agent tell him not to sign this contract extension in the middle of this NCAA matter? Because maybe the new extension which keep in mind was being crafted in the middle of the other ncaa matter michigan is still under investigation uh, investigating for uh, recruiting violations during the COVID dead period right maybe because of that and by the way it's open secret that the powers that be in michigan were not thrilled about that and that's part of what caused that uh initial contract renewal situation to proliferate and to get contentious because Michigan doesn't like the idea of signing their coach who's fighting an NCAA investigation on two fronts, 
They didn't want to give him a new contract in the middle of that. They don't like that. Wouldn't it make sense then that part of the new contract has a clause in it about what they, the school could do in terms of maybe remuneration or disciplinary actions if there are further NCAA issues? Mm-hmm. That's the only reason I can think Harbaugh's agent would say, don't sign it. I have a guess. Go ahead. What if he has some opportunity in the NFL that if he were to sign it, it would make it more difficult for him to leave and go and take an NFL job? That's another good point. There could be a massive buyout. So how does that work? All right, if, if a, you know, like coaches have enormous buyouts, right? Usually when you hear that, it means if a coach wants to fire, excuse me, if a school wants to fire a coach before the coach's contract is up, they'll have to pay out a massive amount of money just to make them go away. That would have been the case with Mel Tucker if he hadn't self-destructed. And, you know, we all know that song and dance, right? But it also works the other way. They build these buyout clauses into their coaches' contracts the other way to protect themselves as the school from having their coach poached. So there could be a massive buyout in there protecting them from that, meaning that, yeah, an NFL team would have to spend a ton of money just to get Harbaugh to leave, like a prohibitive sum. If they're going to make him the highest paid coach in the Big Ten, that means he would make more, probably $10 million a year because the highest right now is $9.5 million, right? That's Ryan Day. Mm-hmm. It was Mel Tucker. I think they were tied. So it's a $10 million a year deal probably over the course of what he's 59. I'm guessing they did at least five years, probably a rolling contract, so it'll just keep extending because there was reporting that he wanted a lifetime deal. That's essentially what a rolling contract is. It's like what, what Tom Izzo has at Michigan State. Bill Self has it at Kansas. Um, yeah, so I would guess five years. At ten, so it's, you know, $50 million deal. Well, that means the buyout would probably be, you know, in the neighborhood of 20 plus million dollars. That's a lot for anyone to pay, even a billionaire NFL owner who wants Jim Harbaugh, right? So, yeah, that's a good theory, too. And it could be a combination of the two things we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. But um, here's, here's the question. There was all sorts of developments on this story over the weekend. As we went, to, you know, as, as we went off air Friday, the latest was we've got some sites reporting the allegation from Ohio State's side that's been circulating online for at least a week now that... Ohio State alleges Michigan hacked into its cloud server and stole hundreds of hours of practice footage from Ohio State football practices. Now, it's in the reporting now. Does that mean it's 100% true? No. It's just an allegation. There are people out there saying there is evidence of it, and the NCAA and FBI have it. Okay? Take that for what it's worth. The big question on everyone's mind, and we've already talked about it a little bit, is does this guy finish the season even as Michigan's coach? Everyone already thought, well, I shouldn't say that. A lot of people already thought he was gone. He was back to the NFL after this because of the prior NCAA headaches and the fact that it lines up with his last best chance at Michigan. Basically, this whole team is going to the draft. There's speculation Michigan could set an NFL record for most players selected from one school in a single draft this year at like 20-some players. You know, that's good for your for your football program. That's a hell of a marketing pitch. But it also means next year you're going to be an incredibly young team. 
whether you get guys in the portal or not. So it all lines up, right? This is probably, if he's ever going to win a national championship in Michigan, it's going to have to be this year. So if it, whether it happens or not, this is the time to pull the ripcord. Everybody already thought that. And now all of this. I was already convinced with all the prior NCAA headaches that this guy was gone because he just he doesn't like oversight. Not that anyone does, but he doesn't have to deal with it. Part of what people have asked, how could this happen at Michigan? What, if what's alleged to be true, how could it happen? Well, it starts with the head coach never being held accountable for anything. He's never told no. It's bizarre, man. And I don't just mean for mistakes he makes in-game or... You know, other things he does as a football coach. I'm talking about the guy is the head football coach of Michigan, which is located in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is probably the single most liberal place outside of a major market outside of a top 20 city. And the guy goes to anti-abortion rallies without any blowback. Now, whether you agree or not with the politics of that, that's immaterial. We're not getting into that. The point is, most people in Ann Arbor don't agree with that choice. They don't agree with that, that position he's taken. And yet he does it unrepentantly. By the way, I, just to be clear, I support any sports figures uh, leveraging of their platform to further political ideology, whatever. I mean, that's all out there. Whether you want to do it or not, that's up to you. I think it's your right. Go for it. But I'm just saying that's a bold choice when you're the head coach in Ann Arbor to do that. So, Dr. J, as we, sat here, as we sit here on October, what is it, 30th? Yeah, Devil's Night. Mm-hmm. I'll set the over-under on the number of games Jim Harbaugh has remaining as Michigan's football coach on the sidelines, whether he's suspended, fired, whatever. There's what? They have four games left? Mm-hmm. I'll set it at three and a half. Over. Okay. Why? I think that the NCAA stuff is going to take a while, and Michigan just won't get rid of him because they know that this is their chance for the national championship, even if it's vacated. Well, I agree with that, but look, <laughs> we've all heard some stuff that's supposedly going to come out on this now whether you're just a fan who read it in a message board or on twitter or if you're someone like me and you have sources telling you what's going to come out eventually depending on when that comes out i think that's the issue because i agree with you michigan isn't going to move on from him because this ncaa thing is going to take forever to play out i totally agree but what could move their hand would be headlines that get just too unbearably heinous and damaging to the brand. I think they have enough juice, though, to push those off and push it from coming out until after. They don't control that. It depends on if we hit critical mass in the media getting this from unnamed sources. Mm -hmm. All I'm saying is, if I've heard it from multiple sources, then you can bet that serious college football writers have heard it from even more. Mm-hmm. Now, to your point, the Detroit media certainly ain't going to be the one to break it. I right. guarantee it. And for the latest evidence of that, I would take you back to as recently as Wednesday of last week. 
By Wednesday, keep in mind, every day there was another development in the Michigan illegal scouting scandal. By Wednesday, they had not had an update on the Free Press or News website about this whole scandal since the weekend. And yet, in that same time, there were two negative headlines about Michigan State football Uh that didn't pertain to stuff on the field. Of course. So it's not going to be them. No. I agree with you there. But the national media is all over it. They're all over it because, spoiler alert, it's a massive story. Mm Mm-hmm. Even though people around certain parts of this state are telling you it's a nothing burger, it's not a nothing burger. So, again, if, if I'm hearing these things about what's coming out, what will be the, the true bombshells in this, I guarantee you those writers are. And I guarantee you the national writers are. Again, the national writers are the one who blew the story open, not the Detroit media. Do you think that's a coincidence? Nope. Of course not. Of course not. I, the, the thing is, I have no idea on time frame, and neither did the reason I don't is because the, the sources don't. It's a matter of whichever reporter or publication, website, whatever, gets it on enough substantiation that they feel comfortable going with it. Because some of the things that I'm told are coming, there are two in particular, two other parts to this that are really, really bad, really, really bad. Now, is it possible these sources are telling me this to manipulate me? Yeah, of course. It's always possible. You always, whether you're a reporter or a retired slash recovered one or reporter in recovery like me, (laughs) you always have to be aware of that. The sources could be manipulating you. They could be feeding you information that's not complete or that's semantically incorrect or is just outright wrong in hopes that you'll disseminate it because that would help produce a favorable outcome for them. Of course, that's always a consideration you have to have. That's why you gotta, you have to get uh, substantiation, corroboration from multiple sources independent of each other, which I have on this, a couple. Off the record, of course. That's why I can't talk about it. But um, if it's true, and by the way, I'm seeing rumors and rumblings about these same things in certain online areas so i suspect it also the the sources are credible to me and have been for a long time if these things come out i'm telling you it will be an automatic automatic move by michigan to at the very least sit harbaugh down and probably just outright fire him because it will not be survivable Mm -hmm. it's that bad what they're saying is eventually coming will that be this season I don't know. It could be tomorrow. It could be next year. I just don't know. Sure, you could listen to static. <laughs> or you could get the free Game 730 AM mobile app in your app store today and listen longer. Without the interruptions from the static. Listen live to all your favorite moments in sports and hear all the action. The Game 730 AM app also has tons of great restaurant deals for you. It's waiting for you right now in the app store today. The Game 730 AM app is powered by Driven Collision. We make friends by accident. My name is Dale Pazinski. I'm 19 years old, and this is how I live United. I've always been kind of a computer geek, and I found a way to use those skills to help the homeless in my community. For people facing hard times, computer skills and a basic resume are so important. It may seem like a small thing, but it makes a huge difference in people's lives. 
So with United Way, I created a program where I work with the homeless. Together, we go through their whole job history, write a resume, and then save it on their very own USB drive. We provide workbooks and training certificates. I even budgeted for cupcakes so we can celebrate as a class when one of our people gets a job. That's huge. When somebody says, hey man, that job that you helped me apply for, I got it. That's what Living United feels like to me. My name is Dale Pazinski. I help people achieve financial independence. So I don't just wear the shirt, I live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council.